And hello again, everyone. Welcome to another edition of Frazier and Dieter's Business Beat. I'm John Ray alongside Frazier and Dieter partner, Donna Beatty. Donna, welcome. Thank you. It's great to be here. Yeah, it's great to, uh, great to see you again, as always. And uh, we're getting close to the holiday season and the season of Thanksgiving, and I'm grateful for you. Uh, always great to be with you. So. You are so nice. Thank you. Yeah. And I'm just telling you, I'm grateful for our guests. I'm super excited about this I am, show. I'm, yeah, that's one thing I'm grateful to you for is uh, for of many things is bringing two great guests, Dale Hughes and Lindsay Hughes, with Apotheos Coffee. Dale, Lindsay, welcome. Thank, Thank you. you. Yeah, it's great to have both of you. Let's talk about you and Apotheos Coffee. Something tells me you're serving coffee somewhere out there. We are serving coffee, and we're proud to serve coffee. Uh It's how we bring people and community together, and Mm -hmm. that's the whole thesis behind Apotheos Coffee. That's terrific. Tell us, we'll get into the details of your company, but tell us a little bit about the backstory. The backstory, you got to go way back to 2012. I was thinking about what I wanted to do when I grow up in business. I Mm -hmm. was launching into my third career and just thinking about, culturally and business-wise what was going on. And I thought, when you want to get to know somebody, what do you do? You say, hey, let's grab a cup of coffee. And that immediately communicates to you. Let's get to know each other. Let's do business. Let's do something in the community. Let's communicate. So in 2012, before I had any idea where I'd be today, I went out and with Secretary of State, I formed Common Grounds Coffee House. And I said, I'm going to use coffee as a vehicle to find common grounds and bring businesses and people together. And as they say, it has been a long, hard journey ever since to get up that hill. But I think we're getting close to being at the top of the mountain for where we wanted to go on that journey. Wow. Okay. So Apotheos. Talk about Apotheos and I guess the how that brand got started, why that that branding and kind of what that means. Apotheosis from the Latin and Greek apotheosis to hit the uh, height of your craft to a divine status. We've located our roastery in a historic church where we used, it's on the national register, it's protected, and it's an historic church in Kennesaw. And we got there because we looked around and we said, who is really good coffee producer in Atlanta, a coffee roaster. We found some partners. We started learning about the business. We really evaluated a lot of great roasters. There are some people committed to their craft in Atlanta. And then we eventually found the right ones that taught us the business. And we found the name Apotheos since we had the church. And we said, let's be Common Grounds Coffee House DBA Apotheos, Apotheos Coffee. Mm -hmm. And that's how we got into the business uh, of coffee. Wow. This church is in Kennesaw, and so I guess the question is why, because Kennesaw is no different than a lot of places. There are a lot of coffee houses around. What distinguishes you and what distinguishes your brand from all the other coffee brands that are out there? You've got to go back to the cup of the coffee. What's in that cup? And we like to say to people, and this is a part of the meeting or a company to have a nice cup of coffee with us. We know it's really good, and we want us to communicate and do nice things together and be nice to each other. But to create a nice cup of coffee, you have to source the best beans in the world, and we do that. We get beans from all over the world, and we have a good 
Roaster, a good machine, one of only three in the U.S. at a craft quality that are used like we have. And what we do, though, is you, you could get a one bean, say, from Colombia, and you could do what's called a single origin. And that really just depends on the machine, how good you're going to be. You can either do a light, a medium, or a dark roast, and the machine's going to make it good. But where you really become a great craftsman in the coffee area is can you blend those beans? So can I take a bean from Colombia? Can I take a bean from Indonesia? And can I take a bean from Africa? And I can I pull out the natural flavors that are coming from their continent, they're coming from their soul, that are coming from the people that made those? And can I blend them together, much like a fine wine or a fine whiskey, and pull out different flavor notes? So we like to say that we're experts at blending coffee beans into that perfect cup. So we like to say that we make them bolder, brighter, better together. But really, if you look at what Apotheos is a part of, everyday people group, that's what we think businesses should do together. We think we should get up every day and focus on people. And we really think that's three people levels. We should focus on the people in our community. The people, pay them correctly, give them the benefits, take care of them. We should focus on the consumer, the person that walks in and buys that cup from us. Are they getting the best? Are they getting the best price? Is this what I would want if I was standing in front of that counter? And then are we focusing on the people that may not even be on our team or buying our product, but are in that community? How are we helping them? Mm -hmm. So we say, and it really goes back to the song, Everyday People Group from Sly and the Family Stone. Mm. Are we getting along with everybody? Mm -hmm. Are we getting along with them? Are we really trying to be a part of that human flywheel in the community that makes us all better, bolder, brighter, better together? Wow, there's a lot to that. So, should we talk about everyday people group? You mentioned you mentioned that umbrella, I guess, for Apotheos Coffee. Where talk about that business and the, maybe the different some of the different components of that business within that business. The most important part now, I'll tell you, and 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 you'll laugh, John, when I tell you this, but. When I go into a coffee house or a place or just any place, it's just, I'm not just going for the drink. I got to balance it out. I want a drink and then I want something to eat that's a good high craft. So we realized as we were creating this that we needed really good craft bakery, craft savory. So we have a bakery side and we balance the menu. So we have Gabriel's Bakery, which is under the umbrella of Everyday People Group mm-hmm. and which provides the food that's in the Apotheos coffee houses. We also realize that we want to be involved in the community in a way that bring people together and soccer is a um it's one of those sports where you can't win at it unless all 11 players are playing and you're bolder, brighter, better together. So we actually created a fourth division semi-pro team in the National Premier Soccer League. We were national runners-up this year after only two years. Oh, wow. And it's a Patios football club. And it really helps spread our mission and it helps spread the brand. Lindsay and Luke's not here today, but uh, Luke's involved in our company, Luke Hughes. It's a family business. Mm -hmm. They developed a program called Champions. Like, how can we help kids who can't afford their player packs in schools to afford the player packs and be a part of these teams and be a part of their community? So just think of Boy Scout popcorn, but we use the power of coffee. And I'm going to stop for a second and, and especially let you, John, and Lindsay and Donna pry some more into this because I'll get a little too excited. But I guess the way to put it is we were just sitting back and we realized you can use the power of commodity. Coffee's the second 
largest traded commodity in the world, mm-hmm. legal traded commodity behind oil, <laughs> second largest traded commodity in the world. And we said, you can use the power of commodity to affect change in our communities. And we've always known that for the 800-year, 900-year history of coffee, because in every century, when people wanted to do something, get to know each other, when they wanted to have a community, they sat around a cup of coffee and they talked. Mm-hmm. And that's how you sit around a cup of coffee. It's like the first time I ever met Donna. Let's grab a cup of coffee, Dale. Every time Donna wants to talk to me about something where she's giving me good advice, and boy, she gives me a <laughs> lot of good advice on structure. She has good. to really rein me in on structure. <laughs> yeah. But she, when she gives us good advice for our family business and they tell us, here's the right structure, here's the right for tax advantages and all the things you need for the company, she'll never say, Dale, I want to slap your hand. So come into the office so I can slap your hand. She'll say, Dale, can you meet me for a cup of coffee? And I'm like, oh boy. Don, is that not true? It's very true, yep. But it's not, oh boy, it's usually a good conversation. <laughs> yeah, I, I was going to say, that doesn't always mean you're in trouble, Dale, right? No, it doesn't always mean she, I'm in trouble. Yeah, she may be patting you on the back. It's something good you did. Lindsay, let's bring you into this conversation and talk about just the, the dynamics of a family business. You're second generation here. So let's talk about, and, and let's see, your mom and your brother are involved. Yes. Did I get that right? Yes. So just talk about the dynamics of a family business and what makes y'all successful? Yes. I work, obviously my dad is my boss, so that's easy because he's your parent. So he's always been bossing you around where it gets weird because I'm chief operating officer and general counsel is it's fine to boss around my younger brother. It gets weird when you're bossing around your own mother. Mm, uh, okay. And so you got to Finesse. And honestly, I boss around Dale sometimes too, but that's just funnier because we have the same communication style. So I'll usually just be like, why are you doing that? But I, I, for the longest time, didn't really want to work in the family company. I was in law school. Mm. I thought I was going to go and do public interest stuff. And I did do that for a bit, but then he was the only attorney on staff. And I was like, you're drowning. You need someone else who's willing to take a big pay cut at the time to come work with y'all. And so I started working with them. And then our we have an older sister, Lauren. She does some work as well because okay. she does communications work. So I do work with literally my whole family. One of my aunts works with us as well. And it's interesting. It's weird because like you do have context that your little brother used to be the person who would like hide in cabinets and you couldn't find him for hours and <laughs> all this sort of stuff. So it is weird when like you're sitting in a room with him and he says a really good, like I knew he was smart, but he says a really good idea out loud and you're like, Okay, so you're not just hiding in cabinets anymore. <laughs> right. Like you're actually out here doing stuff because he's been with the company since it was founded, and he was very much a part of the initial branding and working that out with the the marketing group we worked with at the time, Vigor. Um, but I've enjoyed it, and people really do like it for some reason. Consumers, they're like, it's trustworthy. It's a family, and I do think that being a family company, we really care about this because all of our names are attached to it now. So you take really great pride in that. And it's interesting because like I said, you got to boss around some family members, but it's also, it's a privilege at the same time because I get certain privileges and powers that I know people my age at 31 aren't getting at the companies that they're at right now. If I could just add from the outside looking in, I think too that you as in the Hughes children were raised with certain values. So you certainly buy into and agree with the underlying reason why you're in this business, it's not just to make money. It's to give back and be a part of the community. Exactly. Family values and then also just being a millennial in this world. I'm like, yeah, we got to give back. <laughs> got to right. help out. Right. Well, it sounds like you've got a real, 
we can't underestimate the power of humor. It sounds like we've laughed before we came on the air and we're laughing during the show. And that really helps you get through a lot of ticklish and uh, maybe for some people that would be otherwise uh, uncomfortable times, right? That helps the rapport, it sounds like. Oh, for sure. Some of the first things I did in the company stepping in were things because I was doing more of the legal work. I had to do investigations into stuff going on with employees or even things when we just partners wanted to leave other parts of our business. And it it can get really uncomfortable. It can get really personal, but I always just try to have humor about it because if you don't, then you're only stressed out and that's bad for your health. You can't take yourself too serious or, or so serious that you're not willing to laugh and you're not right. willing to evaluate. And, and we've always, as a family and in our business, we're very willing to look at all perspectives. That's the whole common grounds thesis. That's the whole everyday people. Sometimes when we're stuck on a problem and we're sitting in the conference room, it's like a conference room like this. We're sitting around it. I'll just call a timeout and I'll say, we don't have the right perspectives in here. We're missing a perspective. Mm. Let's get another perspective. I I don't think we have all the perspectives. We can't see the problem. We can't find the solution. Let's get it. Let's go find it. Or let's just laugh about our mistake. Let's just say, you know what? We're not going to make that mistake again. We learned from that one, but thank goodness we got the learning. And and I'll tell you, I like what you said, Lindsay, and it's not because you're my daughter, because she might criticize you regardless, Uh, but I like what you said about the family dynamic really does strengthen us because it, it pulls us together and we look at our employees, our consumers, and our partners as we bring them in that way. I I was thinking about uh, a really important partner that we brought on, um, plays with the Utah Jazz, Colin Sexton, and shout out to him. He had a great night the other night, Uh scored the uh, basket that put him in the double overtime. But I remember when we were introduced to Colin, and he was evaluating it and, and, and wanting to know, well, what is this Apotheos Coffee? What about the Walmart opportunity that we have and what we want to accomplish through that? And and Lindsay was responsible for that. She brought it in. She brought in the contact. She nurtured the relationship. And I just said, I said, okay, before we go to the next step, I want to meet him and his entire family. Mm. And I just said, bring his entire family in here. Meet my family meet our family, meet his family, because at the end of the day, I think that's the strength of our business. It's this family business. It could also be the weakness, because if I look at Lindsay and Luke and Cindy and Renee or any of that family, and I don't hold them to the same expectation, then it could be viewed that I'm never going to get the same opportunity in this company. I'm never going to be held to the same standard. We have a lot of private family conversations where I say, hey, you want me to give you the good news and the bad news? And I mm. said, the good news is, yeah, you do have the last name Hughes. And yeah, you do have some ownership in this because Don has given me good advice on stat- state tax planning, all that. Right. <laughs> yeah. I said, you do have some ownership in this, but here's the bad news. I have a 2X expectation on you mm. because I don't want anybody, you can't expose me as a leader to someone saying, I don't hold you as accountable as I hold the others. Mm. So I'm going to go ahead and tell you the bad news. Mm-hmm. John, I got a 2X expectation on you. Mm. If I expect that other person in sales to do the following as they go out there, I really want to do 2X for you because I want to show you're willing to leave. You're willing to go out there and do it. And that's the responsibility that comes with the family business is that you know every day you're going to be looked at that way. And you really do have a 2X if you want to step into it. But that also does mean when you're just trying to chill at night, 
you're in a family text and then they start talking about business and you're like, I'm just watching modern family right now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It can be hard to draw those lines between family and the uh, family, strictly family and then the business itself. Yeah, for sure. Small uh, out of the way coffee house in Kennesaw. Now we're talking Walmart. Mm -hmm. Wow. That's a, that's a big jump. How did that happen? We knew someone who knew someone inside Walmart corporate. I'll take a shot at that. Okay. (laughs) All right. I have, we were looking at where we wanted to go to accomplish within communities. And we knew we needed to take the power of our commodity. And we have two commodities because the balanced menu, you have the coffee drink side and you have the food side. So we had two great 30 year tradition, coffee roasting and baking. Okay, that's the tradition of the two companies that we had ended up acquiring and that we had the recipes and the brand and that we could go forward. And I said, okay, we got the plants now. Now we can put this out. We need to get the message out through distribution. So we've got good wholesaling. We've got good retailing. And I said, but we're going to still need some coffee house presence. And as we were looking at it, I was talking to a gentleman out of Tennessee and he said, I think you should take a look at a Walmart. And I have some contacts there. And I said, I've looked at Walmart, what they've tried to do with coffee and in, in Dallas, uh, Texas, and in Ohio. They really don't have, they have some here in Georgia. They've got one over, I think, in Douglasville or Carrollton that's a Dunkin' Donut. But yeah, let, let's see if we can get a hold of that person and talk to them and tell them our story about what we want to do, that we want to give... Uh, a simple it's a simple and delicious menu is what we call it in walmart that we want it to be fairly priced with maybe only four price points that you don't get a lot of upcharges that you get a good balanced great craft food to put with it let's see if we can tell them our story and tell them hey by the way within the communities we want to affect change we want to do some give back we want to create this sense that when you come as a consumer to our coffee shop in a Walmart, there's something going on. I said, so let's see if we can take a shot at it. And lo and behold, Lindsay ends up on a phone call with Bentonville with an incredible gentleman, Daryl, and with Angelica, and with just with Tanae, and so many just wonderful, like-minded people that were in Bentonville. And then I just got to tell you this, and maybe it's because we're in a church there and we're yeah. apotheos. Lo and behold, a lot of them are for Southwest Georgia, where I'm from. Okay? okay, lo and behold, they know this region. They know what they want to accomplish here in the South. They listen. They come visit us at our roastery. They see our bakery products. They see what we want to accomplish. The next thing I know, Lindsay's got them saying, "Yeah, we'd like you to prototype six stores in the metro area." And then if we can go beyond that, we're thinking, "Why don't you do another twenty or another?" And they're just telling us these big numbers, and we're like, "Slow the brakes a little bit. Let's get this open. We think we can do it. We think it's great." But I don't know, Lindsay. Did I get that story? wrong because it's just it's almost like a disney story and magical but then in the process and it's taken a little bit 12 months 18 months in the process we just study what sam walton did in the 50s and the 60s and 70s and what he was trying to accomplish in communities and what he was trying to do for people in communities and we just really started looking back at that model we even designed some of our menu points like he did we call them action alley which his action alley was at the front of the store and our mm-hmm. action alley is where we really give back to the consumer with a fair price and something that's you just might not find otherwise in a coffee shop and i'm gonna let Lindsay tell you some of those but we just said gosh this seems to be a marriage made in heaven mm-hmm. 
is very divine. It's an apotheosis. And they were telling us, we want great coffee houses for our consumers. We want our consumer to walk around while they're shopping and have a good cup of coffee and maybe have a craft product and feel really comfortable. And we said, we think we can be that person. And we think we can give back for you to your consumers in the community. And so that's how it happened. That's a compelling story. At the same time, you, you, I think you're being a little modest. You you have to um, be doing something right that Walmart sees to, to for them to say trust you as because they get pitched all the time, right? They're Walmart, and so what did they see in you that that made them say? This is our the coffee partner for us that we want to go prototype all these stores. For me, it was a fever dream. So he, it was magical. And in retrospect, yeah. it was magical. But the fever dream for me was we had gone through this really stressful period of trying to figure out what are we going to do? They're like, hey, put together this presentation for Walmart. And I was like, I'm the one doing it. And I'm like, excuse me, for Walmart? What are we looking at? So I pull all these stats. I do all this, send it off into Ether. It's gone for about a month. And I'm like, okay, we're probably never going to hear back from Walmart again. Month later, they're like, hey, let's hop on a call. It's the senior director, Daryl. And so we get on the call. We start doing our spiel. And he goes, thank you for so much thought and effort into this. But you had me sold it at drinks is what they kept calling it. Lattes <laughs> and bakery. And he was like, we're sold. Do y'all want six stores? And I said, excuse me, do you want something more than what we just did? And they were like, knowing Walmart, they did a ton of investigation on the back end. They've never sure. really told us what they did prior to all that engaging with them over the last year and learning about who Walmart is. Cause I obviously had a consumer perception of them of, Oh, this is who they've been in my lifetime. But then I really studied what they've done since Doug McMillan became the overall CEO. And I was like, Oh, our mission aligns actually a lot with Walmart's mission. The whole, literally our language mirrors each other. And we obviously develop our branding independent of Walmart, but mm -hmm. everyday people, everyday services, save money, live better. That's a lot of what our thesis is bringing right. really nice products to consumers, but it, of affordable, accessible pricing. And so I think that's ended up being what they saw that. And then the fact that we invested in a roaster that allows us to efficiently roast millions of pounds to spread throughout the state of Georgia. So I think that's what they saw. Yeah. I agree with you, Lindsay, and that's a great perspective. And so they saw that we could produce the volume of the craft coffee through that roaster. They saw that we had the bakery. We could produce the volume. We really wouldn't have a problem until we hit the 100th store, mm -hmm. okay? Yep. But then all of a sudden, as they're looking at and coming and visiting with us and, and visiting the roastery and visiting the first store here in Alpharetta that opened up, there were a lot of other things that happened too, John. Like literally when Lindsay says, we had already named our company. We knew we wanted uh, a holding company. To, to push this in. We were working with Donna on that. And we had named it Everyday People Group because I really did like the song by Sly and the Family Stone. I thought mm -hmm. it's part of our missional values. And um, so we had named it that. And the Daryl says, hey, we've changed the name of our frontline services here. We have the hair and the pharmacy and the medical and the nails and the different Mm -hmm. everyday services they have we call this everyday services dale you think that's pretty good for what y'all do i'm like yeah i think that's really good for what we do <laughs> absolutely and then he goes have you ever noticed your logo and so you got it in your hand right there john take right. a look at it you yep. see the sunburst behind that yep you see mm -hmm. the golden drop of coffee going into it and, mm -hmm. and for anyone who's listening to this now just go to our website and take a look at it but if you look at that sunburst now look at the walmart logo 
and they have a sunburst, really. It looks like a sunburst with the it. The spark, yeah. And yep. then he just said, there's more alignment here than we all realize from what we want to accomplish and your missional values. And since, then as we've started to get to know, so we're going to open in Lilburn and in Dunwoody and in Woodstock and in Athens when we look at these first six. So the key there, John, is you go meet the general manager. You go meet the community. You start learning the demographics. You learn the community. You learn the customer there, the traffic counts. As we're getting to know these general managers, we started to learn how much in common we have about our love for that community, for that consumer. Mm-hmm. As we're looking at expanding throughout the Walmart universe, which we hope we don't fumble this opportunity. We hope our plants are right. We Right now, we can look at, we've been in the food business for all, so we can look at what's important, the four P's of what's important. And product and price are the most important because you can never recover from a bad product or a bad price. Mm. The other's promotion and place. We got a good place. We already know. Walmart study the demographics. We know those four walls are good. They don't locate those somewhere it's not good. Sure. The promotion, that's just a matter of we change how we get the word out. You can't recover from bad product and bad price, okay? Mm-hmm. Our reviews, we're nailing the product. We're nailing the price. So now what we have to do is we have to go into these communities and we have to look and we have to say, okay, we've got the good products here and the good price for you, but what are the extra things we can do for you? We won't change the core of who we are, the 85%, but what's the extra few things we can do? Do you have a if your demographics are a little bit different, do you have a cultural flavor that I can introduce? And, and I see Donna has one of our cans of cold brew there, and that's mm-hmm. a s'mores. I might do something that culturally is a shout-out if we go into an, a community that's it's more heavily Hispanic or a community that's more, you just name it. This Alpharetta one, we have a, a very East Asian. And I would say, okay, what can we do to say thank you for coming into our coffee shops? What's a flavor that I can give you? What's something that I can be a part of the give back in your community? So that's a part of the bolder, brighter, better together. And I think what Lindsay just told you, John, Mm -hmm. is if you look at where Walmart's going, they're going back to their roots. That's what Sam Walton did when he built these. That's how he got integrated in the communities. I've read all the stuff about he put the small person out of business. He really tried to work with the small people. He really tried to look at how he could still have a space for them because he had been one. And then that they would all work together. I think they're going back to the roots of working with people in community. And I can tell you why I believe that 100%. And I believe I'm exhibit A in a courtroom of testimony. They're working with me. I'm a small business. Mm -hmm. They're giving me a chance. They're helping me. And the one word that Daryl, Tanae, Angelica, any of the GMs says, it's the one word every time. And it's just so beautiful. It just resonates with me. How can we help you? Yeah. How can we help you? So that's the word I hope 10 years from now when we're all doing this again and we're talking about where we're at with 2,000 stores or wherever we are. I hope you ask me and you remember to ask me, John, have you been saying how can I help you when you go to those communities? Because that's what everyday people group's about. That's what the power of that cup of coffee. I'll make sure I ask that <laughs> for certain. But I'm sure people are wondering that are listening to this show wondering, okay, where are you? So let's get to that. You mentioned Alpharetta. This was the first Walmart location, correct? Yes. yes. The And for those that know the Alpharetta area, it's right on Windward Parkway and Highway 9 at mm-hmm. the corner. How's that store done so far? Oh, it's going really well. It opened when now? Oh, 
the end of September. I want to say September 22nd. If that okay. was Monday, that was the day it opened. Okay, so as we're recording this show, about two months mm-hmm. then. About two months. Okay. And it was the first one because it was the smallest store, so we were able to prototype that to then fit into each one. Mm-hmm. And the remaining five will be in Metro Atlanta, except for one. It'll be in Athens, Georgia for the connection we have to the University of Georgia. But it will be Lilburn is next, followed by Woodstock, Dunwoody, and Dallas, Georgia, which is the flagship Walmart and the whole state of Georgia. All that means in my mind is they have even more things attached to it, like an urgent care, a vet care, oh wow, certain things like okay. that. But we're starting with Metro Atlanta and then expanding through the state. To me, it makes logical sense, saturate that market, get the brand out and then grow out from there. Cause I think that's the thing I like most about Walmart is they go where a lot of other people don't go. Like big corporations don't go to What's the one that we always talk about? The one that you and Andrea talked about. But uh, Lindsay's Camilla about, Georgia Walmart. It, it's Camilla Georgia, and mm-hmm. shout out to my family down there. But mm-hmm. uh, we were talking with Daryl and Tanae when they came from Bentonville, and they were at the opening at the Alfreda pre-opening at the Alfreda. And Daryl looked at me and he said, "This is great, and this is a beautiful store to be in. But you're going to go with us to those communities where other people won't go, like my hometown that only has five thousand people." And and then he starts naming that. I said, and I looked at him. I said, "Daryl, we'll go to Camilla, Georgia, to the Walmart on Highway 1941." And at about that time, Tanae laughed because she's from South Georgia. Because Dale just told you, probably one of the most remote WalMarts in the state of Georgia. <laughs> and my view on that, and Lindsay, you can jump in on this, but my view is, why does someone in Camilla, Georgia, not deserve a highly accessible, great craft cup of coffee with the bakery, so they can sit down and get to know their friends and others and do business? They deserve it just as much as I do. I we won't get into this, John, because it I will ramble and it will take forever. But I went to. 11 schools, grades 1 through 12. I lived all over this country on military basis. Okay. And the Walmarts were there with us. Yeah. The Walmarts are in those heavy university, heavy military base. They're out there in the communities. It's almost full cycle for me, coming from my legal career and my corporate career all through. I knew Donna through all of these and now coming to where I get to do something with my family where we give back. Mm. And it's a full cycle, not only in that business cycle, but also in my life cycle that really I was all over the country where these Walmarts were popping up. And I'm like, yeah, I remember when Sam Walton did that. Yeah, I remember that community. Mm. Also, just to loop back to your question before, why did Walmart like us? It's yeah. also partly because he's a walking billboard for Walmart right now. Like anywhere we go, <laughs> we will just be eating dinner and he'll start telling someone about Sam Walton and all this. And so I, when we're with the Walmart leaders, they're like, we love this. Can we just bottle this up, package it and put it out for people? And I'm like, you can, he'll do it for free. <laughs> that passion makes a difference. We've been poking fun at Dale, but that passion makes a difference. And I think that's what people are looking for in business, mm-hmm. right? And consumers are, are looking for in business. They're looking for people that have passion about what they do. Speaking of that, I was at, I went to your store uh, there on Windward, the Windward Walmart, and the folks you had behind the counter were really passionate about it. So th- they were quite helpful. So I want to shout them out. I can't remember their names, unfortunately, but I'm, I want to. I'm glad to hear that. I want to shout the them who out. I came up with that branding training. I was like, this is what we're about because most of the people we hired knew nothing about us. I asked them, "Is does your coffee taste burnt? Because if it tastes burnt, I don't want it because I don't. It come, it, it t- I might as well go to that big green place. And no, it does not. It tastes wonderful. So 
just I'm tell we've been talking about cold brews and I'm not that hot about cold brews. If you're if you like nice hot coffee, you'll love it. Thank you very much first John and I'll tell you two things and they probably would have touched on this if you dug deeper with them and and you might have but whether it's a cold brew or a hot brew, it comes down to the roasting. Yeah, so, yeah, we, they talked about that. Okay, good. Because it's something that's important. We mm-hmm. we talk about it with them at the plant. And where we differentiate ourselves, whether it's on our baking side or a roasting side, is we're not putting shelf extenders. We're not doing things that are making our product, whether it's a coffee product or a bakery product, where it can last like NASA does for the trips. It could last 10 years. <laughs> so we don't put alcohol preservatives in it we don't do the pasteurization that's fully cold chain and what donna has there but then when it comes to roasting there's a technique that the burnt coffee roasters use where they over roast it because they know by the time it sits on the shelf nine months it started to deteriorate but then if it deteriorates back it might hit that taste where it's supposed to be and still have flavor so we roast and we hope from the date we roast it to the date you consume it that it's within 30 days from the date you open that bag i want you to consume it with seven so even if you came to me as a wholesaler let's just use that example right now because it's hard to use a retail and you said hey dale i want to buy a hundred thousand dollars worth of roasted coffee from you i'd say what are you going to do with it john Mm. Because if you couldn't tell me it's going to be consumed within 30 days, I'd say, John, I want you $100,000, but I'd like to earn it $10,000 a month for 10 months. And that's really the schedule you need because you need to tell me when you want that poundage Mm -hmm. and I'll get it over to you so it's fresh because otherwise you're just buying a product that's deteriorating. And then our roast, so what we're able to do with our roast, and this is what I wanted to get to, is it's called two cracks. We don't roast through the second crack, which most roasters do. The first crack is when the water releases out out of the bean, okay? The second crack is when amino acids roast. So if you go into any of the roasters, and, and they don't do it anymore because they realize people are watching this, but if you remember the big green one, if you used to go in there and you would see their bean-to-cup machines and you could see the beans in the top, remember right. how oily they were? They've roasted through the second crack. Mm-hmm. So they've made that dark roast or that medium to dark roast. They've roasted it through that second crack. The amino acids release. They clog up your machines. They clog up your body. They are giving that bitter edge. So Donna's got one of my cold brews over there. So yep. it's roasted the same way my hot is. And this is, I'm going to do this right now. So Donna, that's a 12-ounce can right there. Mm-hmm. And if you bought that equivalent in a cold brew or anywhere else and you wanted that s'mores flavor that's in there, because they take it through that second crack, they have to overcome the business, the, the bitterness, so the acidic taste. We're just low acid is, is the way to think of it. Because they have to overcome that, they overcome it with creams or sugars, and it's usually 200 calories. Donna, how many calories on that? I have no idea. It's 40? Oh, 40, yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. I I'm can, telling you, I have to open this. You guys, my mouth is just all can. We do not have to over-sugar. We do not yeah. have to over-sugar. We can give you what's called a coffee-forward taste with the same amount of, of sugar or s'mores flavor you want. If you got a latte from us, a Neapolitan or a peach tree or a Lav Love or whatever you got, John, there, uh-huh. we don't have to over-sugar it. But here's the other thing. Did, did you get a latte from us? I got a latte, and it was so good, I took home some ground coffee. Okay, so which a latte do you get? Gra- do you remember? You just get a regular latte, or do you get any with our syrups in it? No, just a regular. 
Okay, so we make all our syrups. They're called sinful syrups. It's one of our companies under Everyday People Group. Okay. It's so good, it's sinful. Yeah. Church theme there. (laughs) But we spell sinful with a C because that's my wife's name, Cindy. So it's sinful syrups because she came up with the idea. We were looking out coffee houses. Where most coffee houses get their syrup is they get them from Monin, and it's shelf-like extended with alcohol. So it has an alcohol preservative in it. And we said, no, we got a bakery. We don't do that sort of stuff. We know how to make syrups. We know how to make icings. Let's make our own syrups. We have a syrup line now. We have some incredible Christmas drinks like gingerbread white chocolate. Oh my God, that one's good. And I just had that before I came here (laughs) today. Oh wow. And, And we've got all just syrup lines there but they have no alcohol in them they're half the cost and they're incredibly full of flavor but again what we're sacrificing is 90 to 180 days shelf life okay i don't have the two or three year shelf life because you put alcohol in it but then what we found out is we have a lot of demographics where they said we don't want our kids we don't want us to have any alcohol in the flavor it's not even a alcoholic decision a sobriety decision it's simply we don't drink we don't eat if it has the alcohol in it and so we can give great craft products that are just fresh good ingredients so donna what's the review on it now this is donna just uh, opened cold brew s'mores flavor i have to be honest i've had it before so oh okay (laughs) you're a repeat customer (laughs) (laughs) no but what's nice about those as well is we can sell a lot to bars because espresso martinis are very much Mm -hmm. having a moment and so our cold brew elevates those drinks because you don't have to put as much of the sugar in to mask the bitter espresso Mm. taste because we actually recommend using our purest cold brew which is just black coffee for espresso martinis because one it's easier to make you don't have to make an espresso you don't have to pull a shot out of an espresso machine and two it gives you that better flavor profile so yeah by taking care to do it well the first time it allows us to broaden how we can offer the product to consumers because of our low acid, who's that alcohol company out of Chicago that called us that said, oh, you're the perfect match for our drinks? Who is it? It was a marketing company, and they were making at-home espresso martini kits with absolute vodka. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. I guess the point is whether you uh, like hot brew like me, cold brew like mm-hmm. Donna, or ready to drink, or you want to take it home, you've got those options mm-hmm. for your customers. Mm-hmm. Wow. This well, Just a plug. You yeah. guys can do it online too, right? We can do it online. Absolutely. Thank you for bringing that up. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Thank you for bringing that up. Yeah. So you can order online. We will hopefully be um, offering shipping for our cold brew soon, but we're still working on the logistics of that because you got to keep it. It's truly cold chain. If you see cold brew sitting on the shelf, one could argue that's not cold brew. Ours truly has to be in a refrigerator Um, at all times. mm -hmm. Got it. Got it. Okay. John, did you eat anything when you went over to that Alfred? Did you you balance it out? I did not, but I'm. Now he's we're going to end that it. show so I, this show so I can head that way. <laughs> well, I, I want to do a shout out to our bakery and tell you the challenge they rose to just very quickly. Please. Is I looked at them and said, I want a high value. So I'm holding my hand up for John right now. Y'all can't see that. But I said, give me something that's the size of my hand uh-huh. that's a vehicle to the mouth. So when I'm walking around shopping in Walmart, I can in my left hand have the coffee I'm drinking. I don't have to have a utensil. In the right hand, I've got this great craft product that delivers something that's just delicious to my mouth. And let that vehicle be something that then I can change out the flavors I put in it. So they came up with a biscuit. So you as you bite through it, you get the seven layers or so of a biscuit in an empanada style. And then now we can put a lot of different 
stuffings inside of it. Think that way. So we can have bacon, egg, and cheese. We can have strawberry Mm. and goat cheese. We can have, now we can start experimenting with the flavors we want to deliver. So I'm going to be disappointed if you don't go get a frisket. I think five or 10 years from now, you're going to be able to buy friskets everywhere. It's not only been the coffee houses, but we're going to figure out a way to make sure when you're at home and you got to get up the next morning and you want to pop something in there and heat it up that you got a frisket there waiting on you. I look forward to that. And we look forward to having you back when you're more enthusiastic about what you're doing, Dale. Uh, we- <laughs> I told you, this is what family dinner is now. Thanksgiving, this. Oh, Christmas. This, yeah, that's... Uh, No, it's wonderful. And we're excited for you and what you've got ahead of you. And But we've got to get to what I think our listeners at this point think is probably the most important question, which is how they can get in touch, how they can find you, right? So let's talk about that. We've sufficiently made them hungry and thirsty. Um, I think the best place to check out is our Instagram, Apotheos Roastery, on Instagram and on Facebook, because we announce all our openings there. And then you can follow, if you live in the Lilburn area, I would recommend following the Apotheos Coffee Lilburn Instagram for that direct store. But yeah, these are the first six stores. There'll be many more after that. We'll be bringing our flagship to downtown Kennesaw, hopefully sooner rather than later within the next three months or so. I'm an accountant. I do numbers. I don't do letters. Spell apotheos just for people Uh, that are like me that may not be able to get to that. Now y'all put me on the spot. I'm like, is this a spelling bee? A-P-O-T-H-E-O-S and then just roastery. And that'll take you to the Instagram. Uh, yeah, and, and apotheosroastery.com mm-hmm. is the website where you can find locations, and I'm sure that'll get updated as mm-hmm. uh, stores get open, and and you can order yes. uh, there as well. So if you're outside of the North Fulton area, you can order mm-hmm. roast and what have you there. And it also lists, so those are our retail locations. We yes. have another tab that lists who we wholesale to. So we have accounts in Atlanta that have carry our cold brew and our roasted coffee as well. But I do recommend checking out the website because we have Java holiday right now, which is our um, Christmas roast and it's our best seller. Well, I shouldn't say Christmas. It's just generally holiday roast, but it's our best seller and it's only around for November through the beginning of January. So you got to get it while it's hot, pun intended. And I, I'll also tell you, John, that if anybody's sitting in Atlanta right now, we've made them thirsty or hungry, whatever, you can visit our Apotheos location. It's it's next to the Scheller Business School at Georgia Tech on uh, 744 West Peachtree Street. Okay. Terrific. Dale Hughes and Lindsay Hughes with Apotheos Coffee. Wow. What a great story. Congratulations on your success. We're, we're delighted we could have you here to honor your work. Keep up the great work. Thank you. Thank you, John. Thank you, Donna, for inviting us. Thank you. Welcome. Sure. Hey, folks, just a quick reminder. Frazier and Dieter is one of the fastest growing accounting and advisory firms in the U.S. because they serve the emerging needs of their clients as they evolve. They serve clients from the global Fortune 1000 to growing private businesses, accounting for today while advising for the future. Frazier and Dieter invest in relationships to make a difference. For more information, go to FraserDieter.com. Donna, I'm worn out after this one. (laughs) (laughs) Lots of enthusiasm on this one. I love it. I know it. I know it. This has been great. Thank you so much for bringing Dale and Lindsay in. This has been terrific. It has been. It's been an easy one, too. Yeah, it sure has. It sure has. (laughs) We're grateful to you, and happy Thanksgiving. Same to you and to everyone. Yeah, absolutely. So for Donna Beatty, I'm John Ray, 
Join us next time here on Frazier and Dieter's Business Beat. <laughs>